Global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. I'm Doug Prisoner in New York. Last day of the second quarter. Let's check markets for you here with about an hour and 13 minutes left in the trading day. A little positivity in the equity market. We're seeing relative strength in uh, consumer staples and some of the industrial names. Utility stocks trading higher. So, too, the energy group. It's following the price of crude up. More on that in a moment. Dow Industrial Average is uh, ahead by about one-half of 1%. The S&P 500 higher by four-tenths of 1%. The NASDAQ Composite, meantime, better by about three-tenths of 1%. WTI crude in the New York session uh, better by 2.5% right now. We're trading above 46 a barrel. The oil market, generally speaking, is uh, benefiting from word this week of a big drop, an unexpected drop in gasoline stockpiles. And uh, crude right now on track for the week to pick up about 5%. Overall, though, trading a bit on the light side, you would expect that in front of the holiday weekend. Bond yields backing up a bit. U.S. 10-year right now at a yield of 2.30. So we're up three and a half basis points on the 10-year. In terms of uh, eco data from the University of Michigan earlier, we learned that consumer expectations in June showed the weakest reading since the election. And from Bloomberg Top Go, U.S. regulators said to be scrutinizing how hedge funds and other money managers are divvying up IPOs. We are told a review is based on concerns managers may be inappropriately enriching a select few. You're caught up on markets. Let's get back to Bloomberg Markets now. Carol and Corey. That's a really good story. Doug, thank you so much. Doug Krisner with a Bloomberg Business News Flash. You are listening to Bloomberg Markets. It is 1148 in the Bay Area, 248 on Wall Street. The following is from Bloomberg View. Opinions and commentary from Bloomberg columnists. I'm Ramesh Paneru, a columnist for Bloomberg View. Republican efforts to reform Medicaid are more defensible than commonly portrayed. A 2015 study found that recipients get only 20 to 40 cents of benefit for every dollar government spend on Medicaid. Researchers have struggled to find any positive effects it has on beneficiaries' physical health. The Congressional Budget Office predicts that in 2026, 15 million fewer Americans will be on Medicaid if the Senate Republican bill passes than if it doesn't, because Medicaid at least provides some peace of mind that's a disturbingly high number. But it's also likely exaggerated. It assumes that as soon as Obamacare's fines on people without insurance are lifted, 4 million people will stop seeking Medicaid. Is that really plausible? If it is, how valuable are these benefits? And will states really throw millions of people off the Medicaid rolls when the legislation ensures that they'll save less than 50 cents for every dollar cut? The Republican Medicaid reforms are likely to save less money and result in higher coverage levels than the CPO expects. At the same time, they'll improve the program's design. I'm Ramesh Paneru. For more view, please go to BloombergView.com or view Go on the Bloomberg Terminal. This has been Bloomberg View. And Bloomberg View commentaries can be heard every weekday at this time, also at 5.48 a.m., 8.48 a.m., and 11.48 a.m. Wall Street time right here on Bloomberg Radio. Shares of Nike are happening up 11% today on some solid earnings news. Uh, Karina Friedman helps us right understand that right now. She's an equity research analyst uh, who covers U.S. branded manufacturers and retail for Berenberg Capital Markets. And uh, Karina, uh, tell me what it was about these results that were, you know, forget the analyst estimates. Uh, uh, no offense to you and your estimates, but, <laughs> but forget the estimates. What's going right at Nike? 
Yeah, so uh, some would say that this stock was uh, really a battleground stock this quarter. Um, there was significant negative sentiment priced into the shares. Um, several analysts had downgraded the shares into the results. Um, and, you know, there was a, just a lot of concern about the North American market distribution, given persistent headlines about department store closures. So, uh, you know, Nike as a number one uh, market share footwear brand, um, I think people saw that as a likely uh, source or, or, you know, a point of weakness um, given the department store closures. But um, the good news is that the uh, fourth quarter numbers um, sort of alleviated that concern. And I think the, the bears also were concerned about forward guidance given um, all of these store closures. You know, what would that mean uh, about future sales? And so, you know, we were all sort of comforted um, that uh, revenues were uh, uh, guided to mid-single digits with two points of FX impact, so a lot better than people were anticipating. But the North American market has been troubling for them. Yeah, so so last year, uh, sports has already uh, liquidated, and that contributed to a big glut of inventory in the channel um, and, you know, contributed to a lot of uh, promotions, and, you know, Nike had to take a little bit more inventory into their outlets. Um, so it, they, they finally have worked through that. Uh, this is the second quarter of positive growth margins in North America, which we believe is a sign of stabilization of this market. Um, it, it, what's what's happening on the competitive front there? Is that, is that part of the success here that they're they're beating up on, uh, you know, uh, Under Armour? Sure, and, sure. And well, Adidas well, it's and not like. just Under Armour. It's not just Under Armour. Um, you know, Adidas has had a little bit of a resurgence uh, back in the U.S. market, and, and that was another uh, leg of the bear thesis was uh, that Nike was losing market share. Um, we think that they have been uh, acting a bit more aggressively to maintain that number one market share. Um, and we see the customer bases as, as quite different, and we do think that Nike, um, with their pipeline of innovation, um, is fending back uh, the, the likes of Adidas. Under Armour, not such a big threat this year. Uh, basketball uh, has had a little bit of a slowdown. Um, and, of course, Under Armour's had a little bit of a stumble with their uh, latest Curry product. You know, Karina, I always think when we're talking about these kinds of companies is we have to kind of – truly assess whether it's just a little bit of a stumble that maybe Nike had and they had to just kind of get their product mix right, you know, back on track or whatever, mm-hmm. or is it something that's, you know, a longer trend, a longer troubling right. trend? In this case, is it was it just a little bit of a stumble at Nike? Uh, yeah, so we're, we're taking a channel agnostic view, and, and we – tend or we, we are looking at the brand and the category and we're making a bet on the longer term demand there. Um, we think that investors should look beyond the near term transitional issues um, in, di- in this distribution and look at the underlying demand. For Nike footwear, um, for example, on a global basis, on a currency neutral basis, revenues um, in footwear increased 10% for the current quarter um, with just half of that. Just point pricing. of context, so that's, that's 5% overall revenue growth in the quarter. So that's, that's really big. Yes, um, and DTC sales, which are you know the the sales that that uh, Nike does directly through their own stores and online, were up 18%, which we think shows phenomenal uh, appeal for the brand. Digital sales were up 30%. Again, we think this is healthy demand for the brand, healthy demand for the category. We see really. Um, pretty powerful secular demographic trends that we think are going to fuel this category um, into the long term. There's an increasing uh, glut of middle class in China and India. Um, we see a global, uh, you know, sort of focus on health and wellness. And obviously, you know, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention the, the phenomenal innovation that Nike has consistently brought to market. Can I just ask you, is there going to be problems if there's, if you know, changes in terms of trade policy or tariffs on imported goods? Because I'm assuming Nike manufactures mostly overseas. Yeah, great question. Um, 
so I'm sure you saw the Bloomberg interview with Phil Knight, who said that mm-hmm. uh, automation of, of uh, footwear manufacturing is going to be more onshore, and that could be in five to ten years, and and more automated. Um, so yeah, we see this as a possibility, and they're making um, small strides to do that. Um, but yeah, it, it is certainly a possibility. And we think that the TPP, um, you, the U.S. pulling out of that, probably had a little bit of an issue or, or an impact on uh, you know everyone's uh, you know tariffs and. Um, you know, so I, I think that they're probably speeding up those those processes right now. How um, uh, important are endorsements for these guys? I'm, yeah, I'm thinking getting, cause I, I walked by the Nike store in San Francisco the yeah. other day and saw big Kevin Durant ads. Of course, LeBron right. James was also wearing Nike in the NBA Finals. Right, right. So yeah, athletic sponsorships growing in importance as the athlete becomes a channel. Um, what's else? What else is important is the influencers. You know, Nike is sort of taking a page out of Adidas's handbook and signing up models and and rap stars and. Um, so yeah, it, it is important, you know, as our eyeballs are glued to social media, you know, what what people are wearing uh, becomes much more important and much more of a, an influence on on our purchase decisions. Corey, what are your daughters need. wearing? Nike mm-hmm. or Adidas? No, this is a big debate between them. So one of them wears Adidas, <laughs> uh, and where, I'm sorry, where, where is I, let me one, one of them wearing the uh, Chuck Taylor All Star Converse shoes that I love. But my older daughters wear the Adidas. The same. Every single girl in the uh, sixth grade was wearing the. Uh, the shell-toed uh, uh, Adidas superstars. So, yeah, I, my daughter's got a little bit of both. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, Karina, good to get your insight. Karina Friedman, uh, equity research analyst of U.S. brand and manufacturers and retail, Berenberg Capital Markets. And let us know when they start sponsoring okay. radio anchors. Because when you what? When they what? What? Well, this, when Nike starts getting uh, radio sponsors, radio uh, radio uh, anchors wearing their shoes. You're ready, right? I'm ready.